Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew tonight as we bring another great episode of Talking Circles. This weekend, we have a triple header weekend from the Chicagoland Speedway, Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and the Truck Series all in action from the mile and a half track at Chicagoland Speedway before we head to Daytona for the July 4th weekend. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're taking your phone calls. Talk about anything tonight on Talking Circles here tonight, 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here tonight if you want to discuss anything on your mind here. First, Philip, I want to get to uh, what you think about the Chicagoland Speedway and what you're going to see here through all three series. I mean, it, it's a pretty much a, a standard mile-and-a-half track, but do you think this package has helped uh, these mile-and-a-half tracks a little bit? I I mean it depends on the racetrack. I Kansas wasn't horrible in relative terms. Like that's the way I mean when you consider Kansas probably one of the worst racetracks ever made and they had a decent race there uh, relative to what they usually have, that's a return. Like that's a good return. Eh? That probably that's the closest thing to Chicagoland and they have a worn out surface as well which means hopefully uh, there might be tire wear. There will be multiple grooves. The problem is they go flat out, you know, for most of the – for early in the run and because they don't have to really get off the gas with this package. Uh, I do believe it should be a better race than general at Chicago. Chicago's never exactly been known for – exciting racing fans last year when we had the debut of Dale Jr. and him screaming fly job and all that. Um, With this package, there won't be any slide jobs because the cars are so slow and they're stuck to the ground. They can't even spin out. Um, I I would figure that the Xfinity Xfinity and the truck series races will be more exciting. There'll be more racing. Uh, side-by-side racing and or more passing. Uh, The truck series on these cookie-cutter flatter tracks seem to put on a pretty good show with drafting uh, because of the wake the the cabins put, the cabs put, and the big spoiler put out behind them. And then uh, the Xfinity package has become uh, pretty solid. But when you consider the big three, it's going to be one of those three that probably wins. So I will we'll, uh, find out, I guess, more as uh, on Friday and as they lead up into the particular races. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting weekend from all three series. We discussed at length here what's gone on with the truck series from last weekend, uh, with Ross Chastain winning. Um, you know, let's start there. As a preview as far as that series and who will be fast, I mean, you think about a lot of the drivers in, in that series. I mean, one of the drivers that stands out is Grandfinger. You also have um, uh, Stuart Friesian, who's still knocking on the door for a win. We haven't seen him uh, get the victory lane yet, but on the mile and a half tracks, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just GMS or, or uh, just if it's his style a little bit better, but he seems to run a little bit better there. Uh, and then you have... Um, Matt Crafton, who was very close to, to winning on the last mile-and-a-half track, we ran at Texas Motor Speedway for the Truck Series with Greg Biffle. No Greg Biffle this weekend. Again, it sounded like maybe Biffle would run Gateway a couple of weeks ago. He did not run Gateway last week. He um, well, not, was not on the Chicagoland entry list at all for the Truck Series either. So um, it's, really, it's kind of anybody's race. I think you look at uh, also the Cobbush Motorsports Trucks, with Todd Gilliland and Harrison Burton. Harrison went, ran pretty good last weekend before he had his troubles. Todd Gilliland, this is a sort of proving ground for him, these next five, six races here, where KPM's going to start putting together their 2020 plan. And whether or not Todd Gilliland's a part of that is going to be uh, determined in these next five or six races. At least that's the way I, I take it. You know, Kyle's been very critical of those guys. Uh, you know, and I think Harrison gets a little bit of a pass here because he's in his rookie year in the truck series. But Todd's been here now over a year, and he still hasn't visited Victory Lane yet. Um, so what do you think about as far as who's going to be strong this weekend? Uh, and do you expect, you know, obviously Chastain's in the race. 
A lot of people expect him to be strong. Uh, who do you, who do you think is going to be really really fast in the truck series? I mean, and for the it'll be the usual suspects in terms of Ross Chastain has been solid across the board this year, and he's got he has to get into the top twenty in points, so he's going to want to get stage points. He's going to want to uh, probably win stages. And so he could go and lock himself into the the playoff here on uh, Friday night. The door sport trucks, in terms of Enfinger, has been the strongest regular competitor over the entire season. Points prove that. He's got a over a full race gap on second place. Crafton is getting there, and he's starting to get, you know, he's starting to get to where that angry Matt Crafton that. He's getting frustrated now in terms of not being able to get these wins, and I think he he's in a place where they're at that level where the 88 truck might finally get back to victory lane for the first time in in a while. It's the it's the same it's the big three efforts because GMS in some way shape or form is connected to all the major Chevy trucks that are out there. They have their own two trucks, but then you have Friesen, which is basically their third truck, and then you have the Nice Motorsports deal as well. Uh, so they have four trucks there, and you have the Thor Sport crew, who in terms of uh, the other three drivers outside of Johnny Sauter are looking for their first win of the year. And then Kyle Busch Motorsports, where one of those two definitely would it would be to their benefit, especially Todd Gilliland, to win this weekend or on Friday to kind of solidify himself because otherwise I don't know if uh, that's it doesn't look too great if things start you know switching around a little bit. So I mean, there's going to be one truck that goes home from this race. I don't know based on who's locked in versus who isn't. So they don't have to worry. None of those guys really have to worry about that. But there isn't some extra Kyle Busch motorsports trucks either. Um, I mean, other than that, I would say Tyler Ankrum. You know, after how he did at Texas, having to take a couple weeks off start and parking for uh, Joe Nemechek to keep his playoff uh, eligibility but now he's back in the 17 uh, truck, and hopefully uh, it might be an opportunity race. He has Bono Mannion as his crew chief. It might be an opportunity to kind of sneak in, which would really turn this deal upside down. Between uh, Ankrum and Ross Chastain, I mean, the, if they were to both get in and they're further out in points, and you count count Johnny Sauter as well, it would completely flip the lid on the point standings. And everybody would have to go for wins. Yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting notes. You look at the entry list. One thing you look at is D.G. Crosley. They have a third truck down this weekend. You mentioned Tyler Ankrum. He's in their, one of their trucks with Bono Mannion, the veteran, as his crew chief. They have four trucks down this weekend, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Alfredo in a 15. Chris Lawson as a crew chief there. Of course, you have Natalie Decker, who's had a really tough year, Philip. Uh, in the 54 truck for D.G. Crosley. And then also they have a fifth, a fourth truck down here with Dylan Lupton, who ran some last year in the Xfinity Series for that JGL team that shut down in the middle of the year. And uh, he was running his first race in the truck series, for, or at least his first race in that particular truck. Uh, it, sounds, it looks like it's going to be probably number 05 or number 5 um, for the D.G. Crosley folks. So it's something to keep an eye on there. Uh, also, a couple other notes. You talked about 33 trucks for 32 spots. You know, one of the drivers going home, Ted Miner's got his own truck team down this weekend as well. Ted Miner Motorsports for 25. Be interesting to see how they do. Uh, Ram Brothers has has three trucks down this weekend with Balicki in the 33. Jesse Luigi in the 34. And if you're curious on who Ross Chastain's crew chief or teammate is this weekend, I should say, it is TJ Belt, who has uh, been driving the, the Nice Motorsports, ran for him a lot last year and the year before. Uh, this is his first or second race in that truck this season. Also got to keep an eye on who runs the Xfinity Series on a regular basis. Brandon Jones, uh, we'll see if he's going to be able to be a factor. Rudy Fugel, the crew chief over there, 
still in that 51 truck, and that's the only reason why I think he would have a shot at it. But uh, it's going to be a very competitive race to see who, who goes up there and who fights for it uh, in the Camping World 225-mile race at uh, Chicagoland Speedway for the truck series. Another, obviously, as I mentioned, it was a triple-header weekend. We also had the, the Xfinity Series in action, uh, the Camping World 300 NASCAR Xfinity Series race from Chicagoland Speedway in uh, Juliet, Illinois. Uh, it is 41 cars for 40 spots in that series. A couple of very interesting stuff on, on the entry list there. You have Jeffrey Earnhardt. He's down in the XCI Racing Toyota, number 81. That's a team that's got a, a deal with Joe Gibbs Racing, so keep an eye out for them. You also see H2 Motorsports back with Shane Lee and a Chevrolet CircuitCity.com uh, Toyota, excuse me, with Pete Rondeau, with the crew chief there, the veteran. Uh, also, a couple of other points to look at here from the uh, Xfinity Series. Mentioned Shane Lee, Riley Herbst, and the 18, if you care. Um, also, Joe Nemechek in the 13. Uh, Ross Chastain's back in the in the college racing number 10 this weekend as well. So that's very interesting to keep an eye on and see how, what kind of shot he has. But, um, you know, when you think about this series here, Philip, we've talked about it earlier Really, the big three, and then there's everybody else. you got Custer, Reddick, and Christopher Bell right now that have really taken this series by storm so far this year. And I think the other guy who I think all of us expect to sort of find his groove here and start running these guys down is maybe Justin Allgaier from Junior Motorsports, yeah. although Junior Motorsports really hasn't found their speed. But what do you think we're going to see in the, truck, in the Xfinity Series race here at Chicago Land Speedway? Yeah, I mean, the... This race is, I would venture, it would be kind of a similar deal where that big, the the Xfinity big three are going to set the tone. The double zero has been the best uh, team on the cookie cutters. They've shown the uh, ability to kind of win on different racetracks, of course. They've won Richmond. But Custer has been that guy. And then I also think that uh, Tyler Reddick has been really good on these bigger tracks. The 20 team has been okay on big tracks, but they've been on less than mile and a half is where they've kind of made their uh, hay there with Christopher Bell and Jason Ratcliffe. So, but I don't think it's, it's really – would be any really shocking if any of those guys win. Uh, that's how it's been all year. Joey Logano, it's interesting. I just noticed that on the entry list is in this race. So they will have somebody they actually have to probably battle uh, because there's a waste in the 22 car. Now that Penske's actually putting somebody uh, in, in a actual in a car, they might be able to see what's going on and where the cars are at. And Logano being in this race is interesting. That'll be a little bit of a uh, deviation. It'll be kind of like Kyle Busch, you know, kind of going in there and stealing the lunch money. Uh, Other than that, I would think the big three is there. Ross Chastain, he doesn't have anything to run for anymore. And the colleague team needs help. They need to build their – their portfolio for, you know, the for the playoffs and to help Justin Haley. And I think Ross Chastain being there would probably help them out a little bit. And because they don't have to run for points and they're just running for a win, who knows, maybe he pulls one off. Because Chastain, when he's got to put – he's got to go and uh, put it all on the line, has proven that uh, he's pretty dang solid. Uh, other than that, I mean, you give a couple of these newer um, efforts, the 81 with Jeffrey Earnhardt, who's shown at times this year that with this better equipment, he's able to compete. And Shane Lee had a respectable performance, qualified really well at Iowa and got a top 20 finish, I believe, out of it. And now he's back in the second race of the year. They're trying to set up for next year, I believe. So, those are two kind of off people. I, one thing I'm kind of curious about is Ryan C. Cause I think he had to park his car at Iowa a couple of weeks ago. He had a mechanical problem or he had to start. I don't know what had happened with him. And 
they don't really have to worry about making the, the playoffs, but it would be something to see if they can get back to what they've been doing this year, which is just the best independent effort that's out there in the series. Uh, I'll be curious to see if they can uh, recover some of those points that they lost. Yeah, I made a mistake earlier. I said 41 cars for 40 spots. It's 41 cars for 38 spots. Uh, so my apologies there. Um, something about this Xfinity series, I wrote about it actually on Front Stretch uh, for a piece I did last last week or two weeks ago about how this series, really it's going to be lackluster here, Philip. I think as far as the playoffs are concerned. You know, you go through the playoffs right now, it's about this ad nauseum a little bit on our show, on, on the review shows, but – Right now, uh, 12th in the standings is Brandon Jones, and the next eligible driver in points is uh, Greg Alding, who's 91 points be- or excuse me, 89 points behind Brandon Jones right now. So that's over almost two races, and Galding runs for um, SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, so, and really, his only Galding's only really good run this year has come at a, at a at Super Speedway track. At Talladega, where he finished runner-up, but you go deeper down into the into the field a little bit here. You have Brandon Brown, who's really run, that team's running their first full-time schedule this season. Um, you know, I don't think anybody expects them to go out there and make the playoffs. Jeremy Clements, for whatever reason, F51 car has taken a couple of steps backwards this year. You still have Josh Williams running out there, and then Ray Black Jr., Garrett Smithley. They're way way back. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is here when you look at this Xfinity Series schedule. It's a little unique because they have three road courses and Daytona left before they get to the playoffs. Uh, with that being said, you know, we've seen drivers in the past, Jeremy Clements comes to mind, sort of steal a race or get a win when you didn't expect them to on a road course. Or drivers in the past win at Daytona because Daytona is a crapshoot, let's be honest. Um, you know, and looking just past here, Chicago, and we, we kind of dissected Chicago, I agree with you. It's basically the big three and everybody else. Um, but to go a little bit deeper into this series while we have the time here tonight, uh, I guess of, of the drivers who are outside the po- top 12 in points right now, who do you think has the best shot at making the playoffs via a win? Because I think we both agree, and I think anybody who has watched this series all year can agree that these drivers aren't making it on their points. There's no way, unless something happens to Brandon Jones, knock on wood, hope nothing does, uh, where he has to miss a few races, or one of the drivers in the top 12, uh, they're going to make. They're going to have to get to win a race to get into the playoffs. So uh, I guess my question is, which one of those drivers do you think has the best chance of making the playoffs via win? I mean, to be completely honest, I don't believe that any of these drivers can win, let alone. Uh, will win, but if we're if we're gonna go and kind of uh, suspend disbelief, I would say that I, it's kind of a toss up between the zero eight with Greg Alding and the fifty one of Jeremy Clements because Jeremy Clements has his moments. It's not like how it was a couple two three years ago where they used to be that independent team that could pull out those top 15 solidly every week. And then, you know, definitely top 20, you know, an occasional top 10. That Then last year it became Ross Chastain. This year it's Ryan Sieg. Uh, the, the reality is Galding is probably, they're going to put everything in. They're going to put all their chips in at, at Daytona here next week to try and, and, and make it in. It, gives guys like Brandon Brown a chance. I don't see Clemens putting himself out on the line and trying to wreck a race car when they don't have that many race cars to begin with at Daytona. And then after that, I mean, I would forget it. I don't believe any of them are. I mean, the Josh Williams hasn't run every race, so I don't know if he, he doesn't have a waiver. I'm curious if Tyler Ankrum has a waiver. I don't know if he does. I don't think he does, but that's something I have to find out and do some on some of these people because it doesn't. It shows the people that have run every race and based on that how they rank them in the playoffs. I, of those drivers, I would say Galding with Daytona there, and then Jeremy Clemens because when you consider the big three, none of them are really great road racers. 
Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick are probably the two best road racers of the whole, and, and an all guyer because of history. One, they've done really well at them. Uh, those are the guys that are that I think can do some decent road racing, and they so in that sense it opens up a door for one of those guys. And if that happens, then it'd be interesting, uh, honestly, to get a little more interesting with Brandon Jones, being that he drives for Joe Gibbs Racing and he's on the bump, uh, and that's pretty embarrassing, but. And then Ryan Sieg there, it would make his point situation a little perilous if because he had that bad run at Iowa. I didn't know it was that close. He's only got five points on Brandon Jones. Before that, he was with around Justin Haley, and he had a little bit of a gap, but he lost so many points at Iowa that uh, now he's in a position where he's kind of uh, in danger. If somebody else wins, then there's going to be a battle for the uh, for that cutoff. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think one the interesting thing about this Xfinity series, when we the cup, and then I want to ask you a couple of silly season things here as we move along, um, about Ryan Sieg's strategy for this Xfinity series. Now, I, you know, this is just my brain. I've never heard anything from this. It's just, just me speculation and thinking sort of on the fly here. But, you know, here's Ryan Sieg, who we know he's an independent team, um, really has – one and a half race teams starting parks the 38 most of the time although Jeff Green needs surgery so I don't know if Green's gonna be starting parking he's gonna be his last race could be Kentucky then I'll miss the rest of the year I don't know if they're gonna start and park that car after that but anyway um, you know I guess what I'm asking is you know with such a big cushion you have on the rest of the field uh, with points wise do you sit there and say okay you know what we've had a really good strong start of the year to where we're gonna be locked in we're we're locked in via a points let's kind of kick it back you know, run older cars and, and save our good stuff for the playoffs because we know we're going to get in the playoffs and we want to make a championship run. Do we sort of t- take it back here a little bit, say, okay, you know, we're going to give our best efforts when we're at the racetrack, but we're not going to bring our super, super best stuff here until we really have to. Uh, do you think it's an opportunity uh, for a, a team like RSS Racing to do that? Um, and do you think it's a smart thing to do? I mean – that's the one thing with these playoffs here and this Xfinity series. Personally, I think they need to take 10 cars just so teams yeah. don't do this. But, you know, with the luxury that, that RSS has right now in the points and the fact that, let's be honest, unless – and I completely agree with you with what you said, unless uh, Greg Galding pulls off a victory at Daytona, which I think is, you know, um, it's possible, but, but I don't think it's, it's likely to happen. Um, you know, Ryan Seek's pretty much in the playoffs. So do you sort of sit there and back it up a little bit and say, listen, you know, my team, we've, we've done a really good job. I know when we have our stuff right, we can compete with these guys and run in the top ten. Let's back it down here these next eight weeks. And then when, when the playoffs come, or get close to the playoffs come, we're going to ramp up and really go at it and build brand new stuff and, uh, you know, make a run the best they can at least for the playoffs. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a it's an idea. I never thought about it that way, so I give you credit on looking at it in that sense. I I, I compare Sieg and that whole situation to Ross and the the deal they had with JD Motorsports last year until he got the call to drive for Ganassi, where they just kind of did what they could, got made the most out of every week, and you know they had they were pretty they were pretty consistent you know and and they had you know they had some weeks that weren't as good as others but they were generally consistent can you take time off I think in the end they're going to start and park two cars a week I think or what as long as the field allows it you know they have they have the 93 that shows up every week and they have the 38 so both of those are basically start and parks and they're doing that for the extra purse money. They're doing that to kind of solidify the one car. It's the same way as JD does with the, the zero one. And uh, I forget the other one, but I mean, they, they, they try to run the 15 depending. Yeah. And I, they, they, they commit to the 15 and 
the the Garrett Smithley and the number nothing, he kind of is tailback guy, but they run three cars, but really they're running one car um, with the four. But, you know, I think it, it's an idea. They don't want to wreck their stuff. I do think that they might put an effort at one of those two road uh, independent road races, meaning Road America or Mid-Ohio. I would think that they would possibly put some effort into trying to win one of those. Ryan Sieg, I don't think, is exactly known as a great road racer, but, you know, if you win, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that, I think, might be a possibility. You know, there's some short tracks, a couple of short track races there. So that that's an option. But really, yeah, keep your stuff clean. Get clean runs. Consistently finish top 15 the rest of the way, and you're going to be in. And and I and my my whole thing is if Brandon Jones is gonna do what Brandon Jones usually does, which is wreck, you you just go and beat him. And if you do that you'll make the playoffs and you put yourself in a position to possibly advance around because Michael Annette's not that great, Brandon Jones isn't that good, and some of the other people that are ahead of him don't really have a strong uh, you know, a solid situation where they could possibly fall out in that first round, which would actually give, would be a big deal for an organization like them to go and make a advance around in the playoffs. It would be nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. That's the number to call here on talking circles tonight. If you want to join us, talk about anything NASCAR, anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about tonight here on talking circles. Of course, monster energy cup series is in action as well. Camping world 400 camping world actually has all three will sponsor all three week races um, this weekend at Chicago Land Speed, we yes, talked yeah. at nauseum about the points. Uh, talked at nauseum about the points this weekend uh, about the Cup Series after after uh, Sonoma. So um, you know, I, I don't want to dive too deeply back into that, but I guess what I'm what I'm asking is, you know, we part of I think what what I gathered from our conversation really this season, and I I don't think it's even from our conversation. I think it's basically anybody who's been paying attention this season for the Cup Series has come down to two teams, really. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing and Team Penske. Um, you go look at, 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 the, at the season so far, and Joe Gibbs Racing has won one, two, um, three, four, five, six, seven, eight races this year. Team Penske has won uh, seven races this year, and the only other organization to win a race this year has been Hendrick Motorsports when Chase Elliott won at Talladega on April 28th. So it's been really a two-car, a two-team operation. We've documented at nauseum about um, the pulse, uh, excuse me, the struggles that we've seen at Stuart Haas Racing a little bit um, and how they just seem to be a little bit off, Kevin Harvick especially, um, and, and they just don't have the speed they had a year ago. Uh, we also talk about the struggles from Kyle Larson this year, who's you know in the playoffs right now if the season ended, but I think everybody expected him to have a little bit better season. We talked about Kurt Busch and how he's run pretty good this year, although he hasn't vic- hasn't visited victory lane at all. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is, do you expect this trend to continue throughout the year with this package, or do you think these teams are working on this package and and Chevrolet will get their hands about around it because really. Uh, Philip, it's been a, a good three years since we've seen Hendrick Motorsports and Chevrolet uh, come anywhere close to where they need to be. Now, Chase won a few races last year, but other than that, we haven't really seen a, a Chevrolet team other than Larson and, and Chase Elliott win in a cal- over two calendar years. Um, do you expect this trend to continue with Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch and Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski really leading the way? Uh, what are your thoughts? I think for what Penske has shown uh, last week was an example where Logano had speed and then, I don't know, strategy, whatever, went went bad. The two-car was garbage all weekend. Uh, they Brad said that strategy, they went to, for a strategy play and it didn't work. It didn't really matter what strategy they had. They had a bad race car. Uh, the But Blaney somehow or another, you know, 
got a good finish out of it. So it, the Penske team, the consistency, they're working on it. And that, and the fact that all three of them in some way, shape, or form are going to make the playoffs is probably fine. Uh, yeah, Blaney wants to win. He hasn't won a lot in his career. We talk about him a lot. He's a popular guy. I like him. I, there are plenty of people who like Ryan Blaney. But unfortunately, there isn't the wins to kind of back him up, which is a seemingly a thing with most popular driver-type people. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports, outside of Chase Elliott, has not really done anything in a long time. I mean, Jimmy Johnson hasn't won in two years or whatever it is, a year and a half, whatever. I, I don't remember the last. It's amazing when he used to win eight, seven, eight races a year, and now it's like, oh, he isn't winning anymore. It happens to all the greats, so it's not shocking. But I think it's a fundamental problem that Chevrolet missed the boat with this body style change. And no matter what rules package that NASCAR seems to put out there, they cannot make their cars really good. Um, I, I mean, I, I have theories as to why that is, but that's for another time and another, another day and another time. The Toyotas aren't going anywhere. The Kyle Busch, Martin Truex thing is going to get more difficult as this year goes on. And for a lot of people, that combusting, like what happened with them at Indianapolis a couple of years ago, if that happens in the playoffs, would probably be one of the best things that happens all year in a cup series. Because quite frankly, outside of them running over each other or getting into it and having their slap fight with each other, I have a hard time believing that those two won't make the final four at Homestead. And then the other two people, it's to be determined. Uh, The Penske guys have been good, but they've not been amazingly consistent. I'll say that – well, I'll take that back. Logano is leading the points right now. So the logic is he has shown it, but it doesn't seem flashy. And it's kind of like Harvick's results in that sense. Uh, Stuart Haas at some point is going to have to turn this deal around. I I, I don't – they're too good of a team and they have too many good people and drivers to not win. And so I, I figure eventually with this, this next batch of races here, when you look at the next six, the next nine races or 10, the, the final 10 is such a wide, there's a diverse range of racetracks and, you know, it, you figure they go and hit on one of them. It doesn't really matter. They're going to. I, I just feel like that's going to happen with Stuart Haas. After that, I don't really see any of these organizations turning it around in, in a way that would be productive, that would put them in a place to really, um, you know, do anything. And because more than half the regular competitors are going to make the playoffs anyway, it's kind of watered down. So it's, but you could make that case for the other series too. You know, the the amount of regular competitors in those series make more than half of them make it too. So, see, I think eight's okay for the truck series. Funny you mentioned that because this is a debate you could definitely have. I think eight is a perfect amount for the truck series. I think 10 for the Xfinity series will be perfect. And what we used to have in cup 12, 12. I, no, I saw yeah. no reason 12, 12 in the cup series. I saw no reason to extend to 16. I guess it's just to get more teams publicity. That's my, that's my thought in it. But as far as a competitive playoffs, if you say, well, how would you, you know, uh, knock out drivers and teams from that point? Well, you know, you can, there, there's certainly a way you could do it. You could do three teams instead of four every, every round. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about that from that standpoint. And I would have three runs for the championship instead of four. But, again, you know, that's just that's just me. But, anyway, um, yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you. But it is going to be interesting to see this Cup Series and how it, how it goes on for the rest of the year because it just seems like right now, you know, if you're a Hendrick Motorsports fan, you haven't had much to celebrate here over the last couple of years. I mean, Chase got his first – you know, he's got four wins. And, and it's funny you say that because I say that because Chase has got four wins in probably the last – uh, 15 races, and that's pretty good if you put that into perspective. But 
compare you know his, to his, what his teammates have done, what other Chevrolet drivers have done. Um, they're just nowhere really close to the to the to where they need to be. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see how if Chicago if, if they've all changed that at all here in the last couple of weeks and built what new race cars. A lot of teams I'm sure have built new race cars to bring to Chicago and if they've implemented what they've learned so far in the season into these race cars. Okay, nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero, that's the number to call. Um silly season's always a fun topic, Philip, and um, you know, it seems like, you know, it would it used to be around this time, you know, I, I remember when Carl Edwards went to uh Joe Gibbs racing for the first time for you know, back a couple of years ago, we saw him really connecting with Joe Gibbs Racing. There was rumors swirling uh, on Memorial Day weekend at 600 that we saw Carl Edwards on a golf cart, if you remember, with Joe Gibbs and J.D. Gibbs at that point, um, you know, and, and talking with them about the following year. Uh, and we're way past Memorial Day. We're a month past that now. So uh, silly season, I think, you know, as far as the 2020 season goes and what these owners are doing and what these teams are doing, I, I think that it's certainly on their – on their brain and, and they got ideas of what they're going to do. So there's a couple of really big names here who haven't had their plans iron out yet for 2020. Uh, Ross Chastain comes to mind. Uh, Christopher Bell comes to mind. And so we'll discuss that to a little bit here. Um, you know, think about this. And I know you're not a huge Steve Benedetto guy, but uh, a lot of people think Steve Benedetto has done a good job. I, I think Steve Benedetto for what that team has been here the last couple of years has done okay. Um, I don't see that team expanding to a second car. That that's been rumored that Christopher Bell would go to a second car over there at uh, at Levine Family. I'm also curious to see what Toyota does now. There's a possibility, and I don't know exactly um, if this is true or not. But this is the way I take it. I think what they're trying to ultimately do with their Toyota and get us is get a 16 in there, and that'll be Christopher Bell's car. Now, how do you get a six-team in there? That's an interesting call. Basically, you pull a team from an, from another manufacturer and you bring them in there. Now, Toyota has never gone more than six teams as far as their engine suppliers go. Toyota Racing Development has never supplied more than six engines, whether it was the three teams at Joe Gibbs Racing and the three teams at Michael Waltrip Racing when they were there, the four teams at Joe Gibbs Racing or the two teams at Furniture Racing. They've never gone more then six cars at TRD for whatever reason. So, you know, they could pull off. They could pull on. I know a few years ago they tried to get Front Row Motorsports into the Toyota camp, but Front Row was going to have to rely with – run with Triad engines. And they were like, no, no, thanks. We don't want to do that. And who could blame them because Triad engines are garbage. So I don't know if TRD is willing to expand that at all, you know, uh, six full-time engines. For next season, so that that leaves a, a solo car operation that would go over to that organization. I'm not sure if there's even a team out there that could do that. The one thing you think about is maybe RPM if they want to go that route. But then you know, you've heard rumors about Tyler Reddick maybe being the Cup car next year. Yeah. So I'm throwing exactly. a, yeah, I'm throwing a lot at I'm throwing a lot out there here. But let's focus on Christopher Bell here. Um, I'm personally in the belief here, Philip. Honestly, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, come on." You know, the Toyota can say what they want about keeping Christopher Bell around and keeping Christopher Bell in a Toyota for 2020. I just don't see it happening. I think Christopher Bell is going to go somewhere next year in the Cup Series. I just don't see that Toyota because there's just not enough room there. And if even if Levine's family, and I, I hope Bob Levine and the people, if they're listening, don't take this the wrong way, I'm not sure Christopher Bell would even take that ride at this point because he might have better options in front of him. What are your thoughts on this whole Chris Bell situation before we move on to Chastain and Tyler Reddick's uh, plans and what you think is going to happen there? But what do you think about Christopher Bell? Yeah, I mean, Christopher Bell, like, it's, you know, it's similar but not exactly to what Alexander Rossi has in the IndyCar series where he's basically the free agent where they everything is – the silly season is based on him. The point is the silly season in NASCAR Cup Series is based on Christopher Bell because if Christopher Bell stays at TRD because they've invested a lot of money in him, especially in the midget program with Keith Coons Motorsports and to trucks and Xfinity through this whole Gibbs deal and Kyle Busch, and if they're serious, they're going to have to put him in a car. 
and they don't seem to have any cars. And so the reality is there's 36 charters and there aren't 36 legitimate teams. So the logic that they couldn't get a charter is, is, you know, a thousand, they can get a charter, but who's going to house a full competitive cup effort. Uh, The reality, what's, what's interesting is Joe Gibbs ran out his ran out somebody that was actually worthwhile and could have possibly put, another another effort there while they had a good customer this this probably wouldn't be an issue uh if he hadn't run uh he hadn't run uh what's his name barney visser out the door uh so now he has to pay reap what he sowed with that uh i the the reality is chris bell whether it's hendrick motorsports or Stuart haas I mean, there's some RCR options there, too. I think Penske's also in play. Uh, I mean, there's there are efforts and there are organizations, and I, and, and I really focus on Stuart Haas because Tony Stewart, I do believe in his heart of hearts, would love to have four guys that have some USAC connection driving his four cup cars. I think deep down inside, he wants to hire Kyle Larson. And I think it's more likely than ever now. And then you go and consider that Christopher Bell, it might be readily available. And then you can hire him. He's never getting rid of Kevin Harvick and Eric Almirola brings full sponsorship. So the reality is two of those cars are funded by Gene Haas. Those two cars, you know, for all you Clint Boyer fans, God love him. He's a goofball, whatever. He's kind of sensitive on social media, but that's beside the point for somebody who's such a loosey-goosey guy. He hasn't got on with Mike Bugaravich. It's never really worked. He's older. There really is no end game where he's going to win championships or win a ton of races. You can move on from Clint Boyer. Daniel Suarez has had good moments. Uh, he wasn't really given the best stuff at Gibbs. It's early days here at, at Stuart Haas. But in the end, if you're going to tell me, are you going to take Chris Bell or Kyle Larson over Daniel Suarez, you're going to take one of those two guys no matter what. Absolutely. So, so I mean, there are – there's honestly, there are options there if these owners are looking to have foresight. Will that happen? the way this business model exists and how poor of a business model that NASCAR has these days. Bob Levine has been very uh, outspoken on social media about the way the business model works. And quite frankly, when I consider what his team has become ever since Michael McDowell drove for him, uh, his team isn't any better. And quite frankly, I would, I would say is worse, but he's paying more money and he theoretically is that Toyota uh, a customer and outside of last week for D burrito and the Daytona 500. I mean, the guy is what, you know, like, it's not like you're outside of people who freak out on Reddit. You could, you could replace Matt to Benedetto with Joe blow and you would get the generally get the same result and there wouldn't be as much play. It's because of yeah. Walter has an obsession with them, and he takes steroids. I mean, that's really the only – and he's on Reddit. That's the only reason why there's this whole big thing. He's on social media begging and crying for everybody to love him. It's like you weren't even good in Gibbs equipment back in the day, and somehow or another you made a cup career for yourself. I mean, that's – good, fine, you lasted, but it doesn't mean that you're – that you deserve to be there. It's the same way people are going to run Bubba Wallace and some of these other guys out of town. But Matt Tift has arrived, even though he's terrible. It's it's a pro- right. part and parcel of what's wrong with the sport right now. So, and absolutely. people like Chris Bell are going to get hurt by. Him. Oh, absolutely, and I think that's that's the you know, and that's where I look at Christopher Bell because he's such a good talent that I think people will move other people out of a ride now. Go back to what you were discussing with Di Benedetto and Bob Levine. I'm not sure again, Levine family. If they had a second team, I don't think Chris, I don't know if Christopher Bell would be comfortable going there. Maybe. To get his feet wet for a year and say, "Hey, you know what? We'll wait. we'll kind of delay it a year. You're still in Cup, okay?" But I think there's a there's Cup teams out there who would say, "Let's get this guy in our on our team uh, and move one of their drivers out." Now, what team that is? That's a good question. I have no idea. Um, 
But you know, another little wrinkle in there is that I've heard some rumors, and and I saw it on uh, I heard it on uh, a podcast, uh, the um, Door Bumper Clear podcast, that a team might shut down, um, a a charter team might shut down. I've read it on on a couple of websites, and I've heard it through other people I've discussed that a charter team must might close down at the end of the year. So that leaves another less option for Christopher Bell. Now, what team that is, you can sort of uh, Use your imagination, I guess, if you want to. But um, and, and that's just a rumor. It doesn't mean anybody really knows um, what's going on, if that's entirely the case or not. But there's just something to keep in mind as you move forward with these rides. Now, Ross Chastain's another guy, Philip, who you look at and you say, well, you know, um, a, a it's certainly a uh, a guy who could win the Truck Series championship if. This year, no doubt about that, uh, and had a ride in Xfinity, a good ride in Xfinity, uh, but was shut down because of, of DC Solar and what happened with that that situation. So now here we are um, in t- going to 2019, and you're kind of scratching your head going, well, Chastain's a guy who – another driver, very talented, probably deserves a good cup ride. I said it a year ago on this show, and I think people thought I was crazy. Um, and you might still think I'm crazy. Maybe this is an opportunity. You know, maybe Roush sits there and says, well, we've kind of run our course with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's been here a long time. Let's put Ross Chastain in the 17 car now. Whether Ross would take that or sit out and wait until he gets a better ride, that remains to be seen. But I think he's that kind of talent where you might do something aggressive where you say, hey, you know what? This guy's so good, and he outperforms in equipment. He just might get us to where we need to be in the Cup Series. Um, so what do you think about Ross Chastain's future, Philip? Do you think maybe there's an Xfinity Series team that will take a ride on him or a Truck Series team that will say, you know what, put him in our truck? I mean, I. it's funny because Toyota, and, and this is part of Toyota's problem, I think, they spend so much money on a development program, and that's awesome. I love seeing these kids get opportunities to run in really, really good uh, trucks and cars in the lower divisions, um, but they don't really put any – expansion into their cup program. As I said, six engines, they only have five really good teams over there at Toyota. Um, where they, If maybe they had eight to ten Toyota teams, they could not only breed the young drivers that they have, but they could keep them and not lose them. Um, because right now, I think Ford and Chevrolet are like, let Toyota do all the work and we'll steal the drivers because there's only five seats in, in the cup series right now. Um, so you know, do you sit there if you're Ross Chastain and say, hey, Kyle Busch Motorsports, and if you're Kyle Busch Motorsports, you say, hey, let's put Ross Chastain in the Toyota. Or if you're Ford and you're Chevrolet, I don't think that's an opportunity you should pass up if you're Ford and Chevrolet. But you don't have a development program like Toyota does to say, let's put Chastain in one of our development teams, whether you create a team of Chevrolet with him. But if you're Ford, you say, you know what, Rash, we're going to bring back an, uh, another team here. And we'll build up the Xfinity team and let Ross run for the championship in Xfinity at Roush. And then it kind of gives us an idea of we have Ross Chastain sort of lurking in the wings. And if there's a Ford driver underperforming, he'll take over that car. Um, it's very interesting to, to, to think about and to dissect. What are your thoughts on Chastain's plans for 2020? I mean, I, I mean for him – he goes out with Phil Gould and they go and win this championship, which when you consider outside of outside of the 98 truck and flashes from Johnny Sauter when he isn't rage quitting on people and a couple other things, the 40, Ross Chastain's been the best driver in the truck series the whole year. And if he goes out there and wins this championship, I have a hard time believing that he's staying in the truck series. I would believe that an Xfinity effort with a cup affiliation would probably want to call him for that. I, the the idea of putting him in a Roush car isn't far-fetched. The thing is, I think Stenhouse and these sponsors that he, they have there have a good connection. He's a really good spokesperson for them. And Push comes to shove. The guy won two championships for Jack Roush, and he's won him cup races recently. Uh, 
they're not that good anymore. They haven't been relevant in a long time. So getting rid of somebody who's kind of a good shield, sponsor shield, uh, and then putting in somebody else, I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, they put no neck in the six car, and he's able to show hot dogs and whatever sponsors that Matt Kenseth brought there. And I think he brought the acorn loan thing there to him. So, but you know that Newman isn't going to be around forever. They need to look at, you know, moving to a third team. But the thing is, or possibly getting a third team, but they had, what's his name, the the guy with the, the, the diabetes, whatever his name, Ryan Reed, and he had that sponsorship, and he was running for years and years, and, you know, with Bill Gould, mind you, for the, at least one year. And uh, once that diabetes sponsorship went away, he went away. So I, he's an intriguing guy. And his, and I think one of his biggest supporters is Chip Ganassi. And from what you were mentioning earlier and what has been out there, they may or may not be around. There's going to be a lot of shifting. Chip Ganassi Racing in general, his whole entire motorsports program is in a period of, you know, transition. And outside of Scott Dixon, who's never going to get fired, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants in in the in the IndyCar, and possibly Kyle Larson. But the longer this goes, the more I kind of doubt it. There's a lot of transition going on at Chip Ganassi Racing. If he decides to up and quit and leave NASCAR, there's two legitimate organizations, really good cars, a ton of good people. That would be yet the latest example of Ross Chastain having somebody be there and then going away. But if Kurt Busch says, and Ganassi says, I want to stay, Kurt Busch says, ah, you know, I want to go spend time with my smoking hot wife. I want to go drive sports cars. I want to drive the Indy 500. I want to do all these things. He wants to be like the American Fernando Alonso. I think that's where he's going. Uh, there's there's one person I see every time that Ross Chastain wins who goes and posts makes a post about Ross Chastain yeah. and it's Chief Ganassi. So it, it, I think it all starts and ends there. If if Ganassi stays and he doesn't lose Kyle Larson, or even if he loses Kyle Larson, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he loses Kyle Larson. He's like, oh, well, if I have these sponsors here, hey, here's Ross Chastain. You want this guy? go and take a chance with him and I can keep Kurt Busch and then I can go and look for somebody in Xfinity and I can go and steal them. That's also a possibility too. It really is. And and it's going to be fascinating because again, those are the names. And, and the other name that we've here been kicking around here has really picked up steam recently is Tyler Reddick. And, you know, to be honest with you, when he won a championship a year ago, I was like, e about Tyler Reddick. But he's really taken off this year at Richard Childress Racing in the Xfinity Series. I think he's grown a lot this year. His Cup Series, and he's run two Cup races this year. Both of those races have been pretty good as well. So that's an organization that would be sort of in a you know, state of flux as well because they got a young driver in, in Hamrick, a young driver in Austin Dillon, and they'd be bringing even a younger driver in, um, you know, more raw driver in, in Tyler Reddick. Um, but, you know, there's not – a lot of room over there at RCR. So when you look at what RCR has done, uh, they they were a three-car operation. They've scaled down the two cars since last year, and they have that sort of third team with the Geico team in Jermaine Racing. And Ty Dillon's not going anywhere. You know that to be sure. Everybody knows that to be sure. So um, the logical explanation, the logical move would be for Richard Childress Racing to team up with a team that they already have an affiliation with a la Richard Petty Motorsports, and put Tyler Reddick in a 40, number 43 at Richard Petty Motorsports. I've heard everything from where they're going to be really close affiliated team to where they'll be sort of morphed into Richard Childress Racing and Richard Petty will still be a part of the team, etc. Um, at the end of the day, you know, this is all rumors and speculation, but, um, you know, do you expect Tyler Reddick to be in a cup car in 2020? And obviously if he's in a cup car in 2020, 
uh, 95% of it, it's probably going to be Richard Childress racing. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he's – I – not only do I believe – it's it's a case of when, not if, with him going to the cup car because, frankly, he's been the best cup driver for Richard Childress racing this year as well uh, on top of being the best Xfinity driver. Yeah, sure, he's only shown up twice this year. But he, he was, I think, the best non-chartered qualifier or one of at Daytona. He had a really good race car. They got involved in the big wreck early. That was the Rick Ware Racing doesn't own brakes, so they ran over. Everybody crashed there. Um, he also got into it with Bubba, and they were going and having, joking around and having a, a contest on social media to go and get people pissed off and they got a lot of people pissed off by that, but um, Reddick belongs. And the point is, he found an he found a place where his talent and his aggressiveness can be harnessed and and do something really good with it. He was all right at at Brad Keselowski racing, minus when he ran over Austin Terrio and basically ended his career. Uh, he didn't. He was okay. You know, last year at Junior Motorsports, he bookended the year. And he probably put together the two best – he put together the timing perfectly. But they weren't amazing. And they, the fact is, Allgaier and, and Elliot Sadler were better than him over the entire season. But he put it together when it counted. But this year, he's definitely there. Honestly, if if two guys weren't the grandson of of the owner – at least one of them should be looking for a different job, but it's the same thing with Marco Andretti, and, and he bought his way. He bought the team so he could justify having a ride. It's the same thing here. Um, Ty, I believe, has never really been able to show how good he really could be. I'm probably in the minority in that sense, but I've always felt that way. I felt that Austin's always kind of had the best of it, and even in cases of having the best of it, he hasn't really been that great. Uh, example, 2013 when he won the Xfinity title and Sam Warnish was better than him, and they ran a caution for 15 laps at the end and during the Homestead race to kind of put him in a position to. But, I mean, Hamrick is, is raw. He's, he's somebody that hasn't won in the top three series. You're like, oh, how can you employ this guy? The guy, there's a lot of lineage, a lot of history, a lot of connections there. And Hamrick in, in Supers and in other in legends cars has proven that he has the chops. You give him the time, you let him get comfortable, this guy can do it. And Tyler Reddick's in that same mode. I think RC whether he expands because I think there's plenty of charters readily available. If he expands to a next to a third team again, that's an option. I unfortunately feel as though as a Bubba guy that they're going to move him on and they're going to basically make that a, thir- a fourth, a third legitimate RCR effort and they're just going to put it under the guise of Richard Petty Motorsports or whatever they want to call it anymore. And they're going to have Tyler Reddick drive the 43 car next year. And I'll feel bad on the one end because he's been one of my favorite drivers for a while and Bubba. But I do understand it if they give them the support. I mean, if RCR would give them that kind of support now, who knows what they would do. But I don't think RCR is that great in general. It kind of shows how good Tyler Reddick is being able to go above and beyond having generally mediocre equipment and kind of compete in the Cup Series. And then when they have the best of it in the Xfinity Series, he's kicking butt. And so, uh, I mean, it's him and uh, Cole Custer is an interesting guy that we probably have to look into here uh, probably next episode or a couple episodes in terms of what his whereabouts are going to be here uh, Mm -hmm. coming up soon. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The silly season has yet to be started. You know, the boat's rocked a little bit, but it hasn't really flown off the rails like we're used to seeing. But I'm sure in the next month here or so, It'll be getting and going hot. Uh, real quick, just want to touch, touch on you know a little housekeeping here. Quick, Spencer Davis came out today uh, and about an hour ago and tweeted not even and tweeted that he will be driving the number 44 truck this weekend 
at Chicagoland Speedway for Nice Motorsports. I mentioned earlier it was T.J. Bell. He was on the entry list. Mm-hmm. It is no longer T.J. Bell. It is Spencer Davis driving that truck as a teammate to Ross Chastain. So keep an eye out for that. I want to thank Dalton Matthew for a great show tonight. As always, we'll see you next time here on Talking Circles. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter, and see all our shows there. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.